Welcome to Life Flow. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Owen Byrne. Owen, are you ready to do this? I am. Uh, thanks for having me, George. All right, let's go. Owen is the Chief People Officer with Populo. They're the leading technology, communications, and workplace experience software company, helping companies to reimagine the purpose of the office. Owen, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, thank you, George. You might hear, first of all, from my accent that uh, I'm not native to these shores. I, I, I'm <laughs> Irish. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I grew up in Ireland. My career has taken me to the United Kingdom, to Germany. I worked with a very well-known global German retailer called Lidl many years. Started out in operations, um, pivoted into more administrative functions, and then eventually landed in human resources. So I, I guess before coming to the United States, um, a highlight for me was working in our global headquarters in Germany, where I was globally responsible for employee engagement. Um, and I set up the diversity, equity, and inclusion belonging function over there. And it's, it's a huge organization. I mean, 520,000 people. With that company, I ended up coming to Washington, D.C., where the, the U.S. headquarters is based to set up the HR function and watched a, he- a head count of 800 turn into 10,000 before I decided, hey, it's been 15 years. I got to I got to I got to move. I got to get out of my comfort zone. And a great opportunity came up popular and I had always been interested and, in, you know, even my undergraduate degree was in communication studies. So a huge interest in communication, engagement and connection. So I live here in DC with my husband, no kids, no, no dogs, lots of travel, uh, great lifestyle, pretty healthy. And uh, yeah, that, that's me. Well, I appreciate that. So comfort zones. Like that's probably probably an appropriate place for us to kind of get started. We were talking about the Great Resignation, which was a unique thing that I, I, seems to be over, and obviously COVID, and now it's returned to work. And maybe the term is employee empowerment that may be coming to a close. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing if you think back over the last years what what happened. Like it, it, it was wonderful and challenging as the the chief HR officer of a retail of a food retailer and now as a uh, in a in a SaaS technology company um, to see employees really take a huge amount of influence and take a huge amount of control back and really vote with their feet and say you know what I'm going to make decisions about my employment based on my lifestyle and based on what suits me and and I'm going to do that because the market is uh, reflecting an opportunity for me to do that. And I'm going to work from home or wherever I want. I'm going to travel. I'm going to go to the beach. And um, yeah, that was both challenging, but also, you know, for me personally, I was I was super intrigued to see how that would impact and super intrigued to see how that would, uh, you know, show how, how that might show up in different ways when you think about productivity, when you think about, you know, connection and Really, if, if you were to ask me, you know, what is your area that you're super interested in or what is your, your single driver? And that is to create connection. And a lot of people, I feel, have suffered a little bit when it comes to connection, when it comes to like, you know, think about it. If you're in Phoenix, Arizona, and you're working for a company here in Washington, D.C., and you, you onboard, you, your first day is we send you your device and 
you onboard online and then you, you train yourself. You don't have that opportunity to really make a buddy at the coffee machine. You don't have the opportunity to, to get off your chair and go, hey, I, I really don't understand this part. Can you help me and show me? Um, so there was, there was, it was a really interesting time, but there was a lot of challenges as a result of that. And a lot of, a lot of things that I, I couldn't view as completely um, positive. So now you see uh, almost a reversal, like organizations were recruiting, 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 recruiting uh, to keep ahead of the attrition, which was just wild. And then all of a sudden, literally day to night, it stopped. And there was no more um, uh, attrition of, of, of significance, especially where I am today in technology. And the pivot was really towards reductions in force, big reorganizations, and um, a huge push for people to come back to the office, which, George, if you ask me, I haven't seen so many great examples of how that should be done to great effect because it's not a great example to say, come in three days, I don't care about just, just be there three days. But there's, there's no meaning to that. There's, there's nothing good. There's nothing substantial behind that. So yeah, super interesting few, few years. Come in three days. It is. It, 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 I'm always trying to search for wisdom, and I'm fascinated by by the term fiduciary and 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 being responsible. You as mm. the chief people officer for an organization, mm. I, I imagine, are obviously responsible for the entity, for the company. You're right. responsible should there be shareholders, and then you're responsible to the people that 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 you're serving. So trying right. to make good decisions and find mutually beneficial solutions that drive all parties forward, that's no small feat. That's, that's true. And, uh, and when it comes to then, how do you do that? How do you solve for the requirement that, that I mean, I, I talk about connection. I, there is a requirement to be in person. There is. But is to solve by just blindly saying, come in three days, I don't care which days. Like, I mean, I, for me, that's not a solve. So what we're working at right now, me and my colleagues, is uh, about a policy that brings people in one day, uh, w- w- sorry, one week in a month, right? And, and, and that week is a real activity the office is full of activities enablement sessions you know in-person lunch and learns um workshops and it's four days every month that you need to be in the office but there's purpose george it's not just four random days or three random days if it's three random days i'm going to go in and i'm probably maybe not going to see the people i need to see that i need support on or that i need to learn with or that i need to solve with whereas this idea, which I like a lot more, is you know let's let's not boil the ocean. Let's say four days in, in a month, in a week, um, that really have purpose, and the people have a sense of connection to the office, to their colleagues, that there's atmosphere. Um, so I I I can come back and share with you how successful we are uh, on that, but I, I just haven't seen so many great examples out there of balancing people's, you know, desire to work remotely and companies' requirements for people to be in office spaces and also also employees' desire for connection. This is the first time I've, I've heard of a model like that. And it it sounds really great. It really, it, my, my initial response is that makes a ton of sense. How, how has it been received? 
Um, we're we it's it's not in effect yet. We're in our rollout phase. I have to say, um, we had recently myself and the CEO David Levin. Um, we were in Cork, Ireland, where we've got a wonderful team of people. I don't know if you know Cork. It's a city, the southernmost uh, significant city in, in Ireland. Um, and we had um, part of our engagement involves CEO and different ELC members having open forums where we just talk. We call them pop voice sessions. So pop is our moniker. Pop is our branding for our internal council, pop voice. So within that, you've got like your, your survey and then these listening sessions. We discussed it there for about 15 minutes. And I have to say there was unanimous feedback around the table that, yes, that works. Because at least I know there will be people there when I go in. And I know I will get value from it. And I know I will have the support of, you know, enablement colleagues. I know my uh, executive will be there because they'll plan their time around being in that space, in that office for, for, for that week. So... So far, it's been received extremely positively. And if I appreciate how important community is and 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 connection and feeling like you're part of it's 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 not just you and you're not just sort of wandering around doing your thing so disconnected from from other folks and there's so many different positive things around that. Um, and it certainly does make sense that being in person for those four days when you know everybody's going to be there and there's going to be fun activities and impactful things to do and opportunities to collaborate is going to be there. How do you, how do you, I, I guess, fill in the gaps? How do you satiate um, the other folks that say we need to have people in the actual office? How do you sort of bridge those mm -hmm. two gaps? Well, I mean, the, the first point is, this concept will not override the people who do come to our office spaces in Denver, Boston, Cork, London every day, right? They, that will still be accommodated. Um, in terms of managing the impulse of individual people leaders, you know, we, 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 would, we would regulate that a little bit to say, hey, you, you can't determine that somebody needs to be in the office five days a week like that. We, we have some policy around that. But here's the most important piece. It's, it's the most important piece is always the point whenever you're trying to bring people with you, whether that's people leaders or, or a workforce. And, and I, I heard somebody at a conference, actually the conference I was at in, in Arizona that I mentioned before we got on. Somebody made this phrase, somebody said this phrase, George, and it struck me. And it was that the future is you don't go to the office to do your work. You go to the office to get stuff done. Hmm. And it, it just struck me because, you know, you don't need to go. I don't need to go to the office to sit in a room on a screen in isolation. Right. Right. I need to go to the office to solve topics, to find the colleague that I'm not connecting with as well as I need to. Right. To, to get the, the training on something that I'm just I feel like I'm not as good at, at that as, as I should be, or to build my relationship. Personally, I'm an extrovert. I'm a really social person. I'm going to go to the office to build my network. I'm going to go to the office to get stuff done. I'm not going to go to the office to do my work. And that that's a very important part of the why. And that's in a very important underpinning part of the concept we're building at Popular. 
work versus getting things done. I think that that's great. Right, because there's a lot of work that you do that you got, you're going to go to the office, you're just going to sit in your laptop. Mm-hmm. Are there certain, I, I, I'm sure there's certain kinds of industries that do require that people be there for longer or more. Right. Um, but I think that that certainly does make sense. Uh, and obviously for an organization to do this, it needs to start at the top and the owner CEO leadership needs to buy into that. Do you see that? Are people open to the conversation? Does it really just depend? I think at this point in time, people are open to the conversation and people are, I feel, missing the connection piece. And I feel like a lot of, especially the colleagues who onboarded during the pandemic, a lot of those people haven't met any of their colleagues. You know, and, uh, you know, th- so, th- so that, that, that's, that's, uh, that's an important piece. And then, of course, there's a, there's a, a challenge as well in terms of moving forward in this space because we opened up our recruitment. Most companies in the United States opened up their recruitment to, to a national recruitment basis. On, uh, uh, sorry, national recruitment uh, uh, from a geo perspective, right? And pulling that back is really difficult. But if you've, if you've decided, hey, I need more people in my office space, your recruitment strategy has to change because then you have to recruit within a commutable distance of your bases. So that's what I found to be difficult. And I found to, to give people leaders that I work with, including my executive colleagues, that I'm like, hey, you know, watch out. I'm, I'm not going to be recruiting nationally. And, that has consequence to the talent I'm going to be putting um, in front of you. But, uh, you know, so so you can fix for the future, but there is a sizable amount of people who live wherever, right? Florida, we're not in Florida or, or, you know, those people that it's, it's then a bit of an investment to fly them in and business travel them um, to events and and to meetings. The pace of change, you talked about how, things really changed pretty quickly. And obviously when COVID happened, we were forced to make changes and then the great resignation. And now all of a sudden things have changed again. Is that exciting for you? Is that not again? It's a little bit of both. How do you, how do you think about big change like that? It's a great question. And I, 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 I guess I, my mind goes two ways. So, so I'm really not going to give you a great answer. My mind okay. goes two ways because change and like getting in, getting in a, on a call or in a, my preference in a room with people to solve for like, how do we protect our workforce and protect our company? And, you know, you know, that kind of crisis management stuff. I love doing that. But I can say Part of my soul of being a chief people officer, being a chief HR officer, still does suffer from the days of uh, the pandemic where we were handling a workforce that didn't have the option to sit home. We were sending them into stores to meet the general public every day. That never stopped. Um, We were dealing with situations where there was mask regulations in different states, different cities. Like, I mean, in, in the state of Pennsylvania, 
regulations changed all the way down, not to the county, to the city. Um, and we had to have the correct information to support our workforce in Philadelphia. Uh, and we ha also had to have an up-to-date and correct information for our colleagues working in Atlanta. And organizing that and solving for that wasn't fun. It was a real challenge because you have the responsibility and you're seeing the numbers of how many people in your workforce that are getting COVID every day. And, you know, at the start of that situation, my previous job, we had, we had colleagues in hospital. We had colleagues who, uh, you know, unfortunately were, were pretty ill. Um, so it wasn't just a regulatory thing. It, it was a people thing. And we knew we had to do the best of enforcing those regulations, even though they were completely different everywhere. So, you know, my, like I said that, George, my, my mind goes two places, like that kind of problem-solving crisis mode I'm, I'm okay with. But uh, the pandemic was next-level stuff. And I guess that's kind of, that is in the psyche of people in my position, that, you know, what is next, that piece of like, is there, what's on the horizon? Am I, am I set up correctly? Do I have my crisis uh, comms and do I have my crisis management my health and safety function, my internal comms function, are they all set up properly? You know, and I that, that would be where I would encourage any of the people that are in similar positions to me to really take stock now and know that you have all of that infrastructure within your organization set up. It's fascinating. Uh, we're going to start to probably see, I, I don't know, are, are, are there a lot of use cases where people can say, hey, We've been super successful, like, for example, your four-day week that, that you're implementing or going to be implementing. At some point in the future, you'll be able to point to it and say, hey, this worked awesome, or it turns out not, not, not quite. So dealing with that ambiguity and from an employee standpoint, I, you know, there's probably some folks that really like being at home and some folks that really like going into the office and some kind of a hybrid. So it strikes me that we're going to be going through sort of growing pains for, for a little while, but the necessity of having your communication as strong as possible throughout that is probably going to be a big difference maker. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you, whenever you, you, you mentioned the, you know, use cases or examples of how that works well i i, I definitely think at our organization we, we were uh, not not so not so heavily impacted but impacted by what happened at silicon valley bank um and because at our organization we're very well set up from a crisis management point of view and from a crisis comms internal comms point of view we were really able to bring our employees and our customers with us on a journey, the communication was excellent. The reaction from our finance team, from our executive team, to make sure everybody, you know, not just to make sure that we made the changes we needed to make to navigate our way, but also to communicate around that, to calm everybody down. So I, I, that, that when you say use case, that just brings to mind, you know, this, this, uncertainty uh, that, that you mentioned that that is absolutely something that I feel organizations need to solve for, but they need to solve for it now before whatever comes next. Cause something will come next. Owen. <laughs> <laughs> 
Something will come next for sure, George. I just really, really am hopeful that it's not going to be as consequential as, as what we've seen in the last years. Amen. Well, Owen, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and tell us who should be engaging with Populo? Yeah, thank you, George. Um, Populo.com is, is our website. Um, you know, what we do is we provide organizations the opportunity to achieve more in harmony, you know, create that connection between everybody. So we, we, we solve for connecting people with great comms, different platforms, you know, with digital signage, with email newsletter, uh, with, with, with uh, feeds to intranet, mobile app, all of these wonderful solutions not just for employees, but also for customers. You'll see on our website, some of our, our, our current customers are massively impressive. And um, what I'd like to call out is there is an incredible group of people, you know, ready to have conversations about the topics we've discussed about crisis comps, about setting up internal comps infrastructure, who have use cases, who have massive amounts of creative examples of how things come together and, uh, really, really in-depth knowledge of these things. So uh, if it comes to nothing and then we don't become partners, fine. But I would still encourage, have that call, check out the website. And uh, yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show on your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to populo.com. That's P-O-P-P-U-L-O.com and check out all the great resources, educate yourself on the different use cases and make sure that your communications infrastructure is where it needs to be to handle whatever it is that comes next, big or small. Owen, <laughs> thanks again, Owen. Thank you, George. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.